Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Following is a New Year's conversation I had with Elon Musk, arguably the greatest entrepreneur of our time, perhaps the greatest entrepreneur ever. During this conversation, which is called The Coming Age of Abundance, we talk about how technologies, including AI and humanoid robotics, are creating a world of abundance, uplifting humanity across food, water, energy, healthcare, education. We'll be talking about longevity. We'll be talking about AI. We'll be talking about the decreasing global population. And what are the reasons that you should have for being optimistic about the future? Join me. Happy New Year, Elon. Happy New Year. 2024. I love to Yeah, it feels like the future. <laughs> it is the future. It is the future. Um, it's going to be awesome. Um, you know, I'm hoping we get a little bit of conversation on some hope and good news for folks on this uh, on this spaces. I think people can use it. Peter, you, you are the most optimistic person that I know of by far. Um, <laughs> And uh, I mean, I, I guess it, it is uh, refreshing uh, to to hear such optimism. Um, uh, I, I think people need. I think people need a positive mindset. I think it's self fulfilling prophecy to a large degree. You know, if you're pessimistic, and we can talk about how the news media just decimates our minds uh, constantly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the news is so negative. I mean, it makes me sad to read the news, frankly. I, I well, let me ask you a question. I don't watch I don't watch network news, and I don't read any newspapers. They couldn't pay me enough money. <laughs> yeah, to but do every that. Every time I, I I'll accidentally read the news, and I'll just be sad. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> I mean, well, the, I mean, the, 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 as you as you know, the the news, the daily news, um, um, really really attempts to answer the question. What is the worst thing that happened on Earth today? It is, and, 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 and let me show, let me show it to you every five minutes in your living room, over and over and over again. Yeah, and it's a big world. There's eight billion people on Earth, so you know somewhere on Earth something horrible is happening every single day. But yeah. there's also great things happening every single day. And, um, and you know what I call CNN? The, the, <laughs> the, the, the crisis news network or the constantly negative news yeah, network. Yeah. Uh, and the problem well, is they, 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 they've got to scare you, otherwise. Yeah. You know, if they say, hey, it's been a pretty good day overall, um, we're, 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 you know, violence is an all-time low. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got more access to food, energy, water, healthcare, education on the planet than ever before. I mean, people would just start watching horror movies, I think, instead. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, you know, the, the challenge is it's uh, it's our neural nets, the wiring of our brains. You know, evolved in a world of constant danger, and so we're sort of just wired for fear and scarcity constantly. Yeah. Uh, well. Yeah, I, I think you made this point. Um, maybe others have. Which it, it, it sort of makes sense as a, as an evolutionary asymmetry that we would respond more to danger than to reward. Um, in that, like, the consequences of danger could be fatal. Like, it could be like, well, if you go over there, there's a lion that's going to eat you or some neighboring tribe that's going to kill you, and it's game over. Yeah, your genes uh, are out of the gene pool. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're out. Whereas, say, like, uh, news that there's, there's, a, there's a, a nice bush with berries over there is it's nice to have it's it's optional um but it's the in one case you die in another case you're, you're hungry but death is worse than hunger so so that's why it's basically we're, we're, we're anyone who did not respond more to negative news than positive news didn't make it they were, they were selected <laughs> they were selected against for sure that's yes i mean anyone who was complacent about where the lion was <laughs> eaten by the lion. <laughs> and, and the, you know, the reality is, you know, the news media has one job, to deliver your eyeballs to their advertisers. And when we pay yes. 10 times more attention to negative news and positive news, that's all we get 24-7. So, I mean, listen, yeah. I, I... It's inevitable. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. I mean, I, I do get my, my news invariably, you know, on my, on my feed on X, but I also get all the yeah. great things happening in the world because I can selectively choose to watch that. But when you're watching TV or, you know, in the newspaper, uh, some editor someplace or some producer is deciding what gets fed into your mind and it can really screw with your mindset. Um, yes, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, this, this space is uh, uh, called it the coming age of abundance. And, you know, you were really, when my first book came out, Abundance, the Future is Better Than You Think, uh, you were super supportive. And I, and I appreciate that. It was 12 years ago. And I think the story. Whoa, 12 years amazing. ago. Amazing. Yeah. And it's gotten so much better. Um, so I. <laughs> it has. Um, in so many ways. Not, no, I, not I, every I, way. I, I, mean, I mean, obviously, we go back a ways. Um, the, the, I, I remember when we were at Adela's party in Brazil. Yes. Yeah. How long ago was I don't that? Know. Like he was, it was his 40th or was it his 30th? I don't know. No, it was, it was his 30th. 30th. Wow. This, this was, it was just when SpaceX it, was. Yeah, it was you know, just when I was forming SpaceX. Yeah, it was, it was 2003 thereabouts. It was just before yeah. the X Prize was won, right? I was trying to convince you wow. not so, to so, build rockets. 21 years ago, could like, yes. like you could have a kid that that has could legally drink right now. <laughs> or um, legally have kids, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so it's for 21 years ago, uh, yeah. So and, and you know, <laughs> things things are mostly better. Mostly you know, better. I, I want to give everybody listening a, a dose of hope and optimism on the abundance side, because the world has gotten better in so many ways. All you hear about is the negative constantly. And I think that's going back to our sort of core dystopian mindsets from, you know, evolving 100,000 years ago. But if we just look at some of the, look at some of the areas, right? So like global extreme poverty, 
right? I mean, what's more, what's what's a more important metric? You know, here are the numbers: ninety percent of the world was in global extreme poverty in in the eighteen hundreds. In 1981, it was 42 percent. Today, it's under 10 percent of the world. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, hunger, hunger is actually rare, and it used to be common. Exactly. Um, and another one is obviously one area that you're leading the charge on is energy. You know, we used to kill whales to get whale oil to light our nights, and we ravaged mountainsides, and we drilled kilometers under the ground. Uh, and what's the figure? It's like 8,000 times more energy hits the surface of the sun. Is there a surface of the earth from the sun uh, than we consume as a species? I mean, what's the rate at which yeah. batteries and solar is increasing? It's, it must be massive. Yes. I, I mean, uh, I mean, at, at Tesla, we've, we've made a couple of presentations. What, one sort of simplistic and then one in extreme detail um, on how to make earth completely uh, self-sustaining from an energy standpoint. Sure. Um, and, and demonstrating that there, that there is no... that if you break down all of the raw materials for a lithium-ion battery and for solar, um, you can easily make Earth. Uh, not easy, I mean, it, it, there's no shortage of materials. So it's easily. It's a lot of work, obviously. Um, but, but, but there's not like some critical material that we don't have enough of in order to make Earth fully self-sustaining. Um, it, even if the only way that you powered all of industry on Earth and, and all power, including heating um, and transport, uh, electrically, you could do that with solar and lithium-ion batteries, um, and and not uh, not come anywhere close to depleting the resources of Earth. Yeah, um, my, my favorite my favorite example there was uh, back in the 1800s. The most precious metal on the planet was aluminum. It was more precious than gold uh, and and platinum. And even though the Earth's crust is, you know, 8% bauxite, you know, basically aluminum, it was just so energetically difficult. It wasn't that it was scarce. It just wasn't in usable form yet. And that's what technology does. It takes something which is scarce and not usable and makes it usable, right? So Yeah. Yeah. Aluminum oxide is extremely common. Um, And... um, but but it is it is a low energy state. Yes. In fact, thermite 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 is just uh, iron oxide, rust, and 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 pure aluminum. Um, and the the energy difference between uh, iron oxide and aluminum oxide is so great that it generates an incredible and, and enough heat to melt through steel. <laughs> so that's what thermite is. So uh, yeah, it, you do need a lot of energy to um, turn uh, aluminum oxide into aluminum. Um, but 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 yeah, it, it, in, in World War II there was a massive scarcity of aluminum for aircraft. Sure. Um, sure. And uh, they just, in fact, in Britain, the the Mosquito uh, sort of uh, fighter bomber was uh, made of mostly of wood, um, and, but it was it was done with uh, it, it was basically an early form of of, of composites, but using stiff wood on the on the outside and and light wood and like balsa on. on as a sandwich structure, it's pretty clever. And the whole thing was intended to, to uh, address the shortage of. And, and that, and then, then we get technology. We get better, you know, uh, better mechanisms of extracting the aluminum from the from the aluminum oxide from the bauxite. And this happens over and over again. In fact, that's just what we do. I mean, I think the number was last year in 2023, or it might be in 22. We had more elect- new electricity production from solar than from any other form. 
and and yeah. and you've done an extraordinary job on battery production. Yeah, and the battery production is growing. Um, actually, almost at well at several times the rate of vehicle production. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it, in some cases, almost ten x the, the rate of vehicle production. Um, so, so yes, the, there's a massive demand for batteries, and you know, as as the world uses more uh, electricity, uh, th- there's actually a lot more capability that the grid has if you can buffer the energy. Uh, than without it, because the vast majority of elect- electrical grids sure, it's wasted. assume no bu- they assume no buffering, yeah. um, so they have to size the power plants for for peak output, peak power output, which is typically a hot summer day, um, and 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 then for at, at night you can have an, an, anywhere from half optimistically half power output to sometimes one tenth of the power output. Um, so, so, so the, basically, the, the grid almost everywhere the grid is sized for excess um, electrical power output, um, and if you just buffer it with batteries, uh, you can in- increase the output of the grid uh, by you know two or three times. I mean, to make um, to make the point here on the abundance theme, um, there is no limitation in energy. Right? We are increasing no. the amount of energy per capita. And there's a direct correlation between uh, the GDP of a nation and its energy production, right? And the direct correlation between health and education and energy. Everything scales as you increase the energy per capita of a nation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So another category, communications. Um, another area that you're revolutionizing. I think the number right now, I just was uh, checking it earlier, it's like 6.9 billion smartphone users in 2023. Like 86%, really? 86% and that's what I got when I when I Googled it. Um, I don't know what... It's 6.9, you don't say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 6,900 million. 6,900 million, let's go there. That my, my, my 12-year-olds would say the same. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, it's like 85 percent of the planet's got a smartphone, and uh, uh, and well, well, I mean, if you, if you add up the total number of smartphones uh, ever, uh, made, ever made, it exceeds a huge yeah. Population. Oh, well, I think it, so. It's yeah. a, it's amazing. So we've gone from like zero telephony to the majority, vast majority of the planet in under a century. Um, you know, global internet as well, the same thing. And uh, did uh, your your next iteration of Starlink uh, spacecraft have gone up? Uh, the direct to cell phone. Okay. Uh, uh, yes, that just went up. Um, so, you know, we, we still have to prove that it works and all, but um, we, we're confident that even if the if these early satellites don't work, we're confident from from a physics standpoint that it can work. Yeah. Um, it, it's it, it is uh, a challenge because we have to emulate uh, a cell cell tower on the ground in order for the phones to accept the signal. So we have to do Doppler compensation, for example, um, and, and 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 do some sort of. Because because you've got a speed of light limitations, pal. If if it were um, easy, it would have been done already. Yeah, yeah. There's some, <laughs> some speed of light limitations. So you know, this this like light is is so fast and yet so slow. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And the, so, um, you know, I, I, I think, yeah, a good way to think about light, at least in the space context, uh, or for the low Earth orbit context, is, is it travels about 300 kilometers every millisecond yeah. um, in, in air or uh, in in space, and, and then and then around just over 200 kilometers per, per millisecond uh, in fiber. Hey, everyone. I want to take a quick break from this episode to tell you about a health product that I love and that I use every day. In fact, I use it twice a day. It's Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. Hopefully by now you understand that your microbiome and your gut health are one of the most important modifiable parts of your health. You know, your gut microbiome is connected to everything, your brain health, your cardiac health, your metabolic health. So the question is, what are you doing to optimize your gut? Let me take a moment to tell you about what I'm doing. Every day, I take two capsules of Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. It's a two-in-one probiotic and prebiotic formulation that supports digestive health, gut health, skin health, heart health, and more. It contains 24 clinically and scientifically proven probiotic strains that are delivered in a patented capsule that actually protects the contents from your stomach acid and ensures that 100% of it is survivable, reaching your colon. Now, if you wanna try Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic for yourself, you can get 25% off your first month's supply by using the code PETER25 at checkout. Just go to seed.com slash moonshots and enter the code PETER25 at checkout. That's seed.com slash moonshots and use the code PETER25 to get your 25% off the first month of Seed's Daily Symbiotic. Trust me, your gut will thank you. All right, let's go back to the episode. You know, another abundance area is health. Um, I hear some some kids in the background there. So interestingly enough, you know, child mortality, I mean, probably, uh, I mean, this is the one that hits me the most in terms of increasing abundance. Child mortality under the age of five was 42% a couple hundred years ago. It was a coin flip of whether your kids survived. Um, and it's decreased now to under 5%, and it's gone down by 50% in the last 30 years. Um, so just childhood mortality and women dying in childbirth, all of these things people don't think about when they're listening to All the Muse on and all the issues. And then life expectancy, my favorite subject, uh, has gone up from you know 30 years old to, uh, to 75 plus. I still disagree with you on longevity, though. That that we should solve it or not? Like we should? You think we should? Solve well, it? I, I listen. I'm not necessarily saying live forever, but I'd like to make it to 120, 150. Um, uh, yeah, I, I sort of wonder if we should not solve it too soon. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> just you have to you, 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 presidential who, elections. Who, who's going to get life expectancy first, and and do you really want them to get that life expectancy first? Well, uh, you know, you know, I I I, <laughs> I, I think we uh, I think uh, being able to have the vitality, the cognition, the physical prowess, uh, you know, that you have when you're in your forties or fifties through the age of a hundred. That's my goal. Um, I mean, you don't want to, you don't want to, you know, you want to make it to at least a hundred, don't you? Um, well, I guess it does depend on whether I'm, you know, have dementia or I I don't think I'd want to be a burden on society or have 
dementia and not know what's going on, um, I'd prefer it to be dead. Well, yeah, I, I think that's, that's for sure. Uh, but let's assume that you had, you know, all the cognitive power you have today and your physical strength. Is there any reason why you wouldn't want to, you know, have an extended lifespan or health span? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I guess well, I, I think we are end up there's such a strong forcing function for life extension or health span extension that I think we will see uh, advancements in that area, whether I want them to be there or not. Um, <clears throat> and actually, my opinion on the subject is that it's I, I think it's actually not that hard to solve uh, it, because the if you just consider arguments of symmetry that are quite, quite helpful the 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 cells in our body all age age at basic almost exactly the same speed um, mm -hmm. like what, like i've not seen anyone who has an old left arm and a young right arm <laughs> that's I've, correct i've never seen that not even once yes but, so how how are the cells communicating and how, how what is keeping them what is synchronizing their behavior um Something there's there's a very clear mechanism for synchronizing aging among the thirty to forty trillion cells in your body. Like depending on your body mass, you're typically going to have thirty to forty trillion cells. That's that's correct. You, yeah. you know, I mean, keep you know in sync. Um, I mean, the other the other the other reference uh, proof point is you know bowhead whales, one of the largest mammals, can make it to two hundred years repeatedly. Greenland sharks can make it to five hundred years and have babies at two hundred years old. I remember when I was in medical school hearing that, I said, you know, why can they, why can't we? I said, it's either an engineering problem or a software problem, a hardware problem or software problem. And I think, I think this is one of the biggest areas AI is going to give us is a real understanding. And then to your other point about your left arm and right arm, you know, when you have a baby, a uh, you know, woman's 30, 35, you're 40, 45, your baby starts out at zero, <laughs> Yeah. Um, I, I do find it remarkable that we decompress from a single cell to um, an adult human, and then, and then we, you know, to procreate, compress back down to a single cell. Um, <laughs> that know, is fascinating. You know, I mean, you look. <laughs> you sort of look look at yourself as a sort of, you know, blastocyst, and say like, I haven't changed a bit. <laughs> here we go again let's recycle yeah. it's, like, it's like the big bang it's like right in the big crunch um you know one of the things people argue about on extended health span uh and you know increasing the population getting to 100 120 150 and there's a concept called longevity escape velocity right that there's going to be a point at which for every year you're alive science is extending your life for more than a year and that's an interesting uh, idea to think about um, in which case, you know, accidents become really uh, a thing to be concerned about. Um, the concern about overpopulation, and, and you've you've hit this multiple times, right? The, and I saw you tweeting about it, or sorry, you're, you're xing about it today. Uh, <laughs> sorry, uh, but it's you know, overpopulation is one of the biggest myths and biggest. Uh, yeah, false. overpopulation is utter BS. Yeah, um, you know, and, and uh, you know, it's it's such nonsense. Um, 
Earth is un underpopulated, not overpopulated with humans. Yeah. Yeah, look out the window when you're flying um, across the country. It's empty. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's like, if you said, like, you, you, if your goal was to, like, flying from LA to New York to drop a bowling ball on a human, you would fail. Uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, I think one of, one of my goals, I think the greatest gift we can give people in this abundance world is increased health span. I mean, when you think about what people want, they want happiness and they want health, right? No one wants to uh, die in a painful cancer or, or, uh, dementia. Um, so, yeah. and you know, I, I have extended to you many times, my friend, come down to Fountain Health. Let me put you through our our program, the world needs you around for another 30, uh, 30 years. Okay. Well, well, what do you have any, what should I do? Let's say, well, I mean, I mean so there are two, what actions can be taken? There are I mean, two, there are two quite, this could be helpful for listeners. No, there are two on the, on the, this uh, discussion. Yeah. So there are two, there, there are three things you need to know. Number one, is there anything going on inside your body that you don't know about? So the body is amazingly good at hiding disease. Uh, so okay. uh, we found in our seemingly healthy adults, two percent have a cancer they don't know about. Two and a half percent, two percent, two and a half percent have an aneurysm. Fourteen point four percent either have metabolic disease, coronary disease, uh, neurodegenerative disease, and okay. and so your body is incredibly good at hiding disease. Right, so you don't actually. Uh, feel any cancer until stage three or stage four. Seventy percent of all heart attacks have no precedence. Your body is compensating constantly, and you know, for most of us, we know more about what's going inside our cars or our airplanes than we do our bodies. Yeah, I had a question for you. How many how many sensors are going up on on Starship when you're launching? How many start sensors are going are on board that vehicle? Rough order of magnitude, getting back data. Uh. Well, I guess there's, when you count everything up, there's several thousand sensors. And if I were... I mean, there are 33 engines, so they, they count for the bulk of the sensors. Sure. And, but you also have uh, uh, stress sensors and looking what's going on in, in the structures and avionics and communications across all the subsystems. And it, yes, if it, I ask you how... Yeah, 39 engines, including the upper stage. So, uh, so, uh, it, so <laughs> yeah, there's several thousand sensors. Um, and it, way more sensors than, than our body. Yeah, has. I was going to say, if, you, if I ask you how many sensors do you have in your body, and so we don't look, which is insane, because we do have the technology now to look, to determine, is there anything going on I need to know about, and when's a good time to find out about, like now, or what's likely to break, what's likely to undergo failure cycles, and then what's the most extraordinary therapeutics available to extend the human lifespan, so... Um, I mean, for me, that's that's uh, that's a that's a big one. Let me ask you another another uh, abundance uh, theme, which is education. Um, do you think any of our schools today, middle schools or high schools, are preparing any of our kids for the future? Um, well, none that I know of. <laughs> yeah. Well, they might. I mean, there might be probably are a few schools that are doing it, but. Probably ninety nine percent of schools are not. Yeah, uh, I mean, schools are very slow slow to change, um, and and I, I think that there 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 does seem to move away from teaching the fundamentals, you know, of uh, 
writing well and math and history. Um, you know, I am concerned about the whole woke agenda and ideology permeating through education. Agreed. Um, and, and actually being destructive to education. Agreed. I mean, uh, you know, how do you think, do you have any thoughts? I mean, so at the end of the day, I think our best, our best healthcare and our best teachers are going to be AIs, right? That understand yeah, everything <laughs> and they demonetize and they democratize every aspect. I mean, the AI knows your, your kid's favorite color, sports star, movie star, what they know, the languages they know, what they did today. Um, I mean, it's a way of giving every child on the planet the best education. I mean, you, you funded back years ago, if you remember the Global Learning X Prize that we did, we did a, uh, yeah. that we, we demoed in Tanzania with AIs on tablets. It was the earliest days of, of AI. Uh, Imad Mustak, who you know, was one of the uh, winners of that competition who went on now to create yeah. stability. Um, I mean, the, the challenge is I don't think the educational systems are going to give up uh, that control anytime soon. Um, sure. Well, if, I mean, if I look at how my kids are educated, they, they seem to be mostly educated by YouTube and Reddit. Yeah. Um, and X as well, I yeah. suppose. <laughs> yeah. um, but they're constantly on the internet. Um, that, that seems to be, and I guess a, lo a lot of kids these days, uh, TikTok. <laughs> um, Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think yeah, the education situation is, is problematic. Um, not sure what to do about it. Um, I think, uh, I think ultimately, uh, you know, Khan Academy is one step in the right direction. Um, but I think part of it is getting our educational institutions to first realize they're not preparing kids for the world that's coming. I mean, this hits another point. We are such linear thinkers, right? We're projecting what we have and, and putting it out four or five years. I don't think people, let me ask you, do you think people are ready for what the world's going to be like in 2030? Uh, no. Um, I, I don't know what the world's going to be like in 2030, so probably I wouldn't say that I'm yeah. necessarily prepared for 2030. I, the, the, I, <clears throat> We definitely live in the most interesting of times. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like this, allegedly this Chinese saying that may you live in interesting times is is, is a, not a good thing. Um, but, I mean, I, I think, personally, I would like to live in the most interesting of times, and this is the most interesting of times. I, I, I also um, think it's the best time to be alive, ever. The only time more exciting than today is tomorrow. I mean, <laughs> I, I, you know, by what measure... Yeah, we have environmental issues, but I think we have the best chance of solving those environmental issues with the technology we have now versus the technology we had 10 years ago. Yeah, I, well, I generally think it's, as, as, a, as a general sort of rule of living, it is, it is better to err on the side of being optimistic and wrong than pessimistic and right. Um, if you're going to err one side or the other, better, it's just a, a higher quality of life to err on the side of being optimistic and risk being wrong than, than, than pessimistic, um, you know, and, and, and you know, and, and right. I mean, it's it's better to be, you'll just have a, you just enjoy life, Paul. Yeah. What a, uh, optimi optimism is, 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 is going to, 
make you happy. There was a study of 14,000 people. Uh, four, it was 14,000 women and 1,500 guys. Um, and it showed that uh, opt those who had an optimistic mindset lived 14 to 15% longer than those with a pessimistic mindset. I mean, mindset's a powerful thing. And I think yeah. undervalued by almost everybody. You know, one, of my, one of my favorite examples of this was, um, do you know what the environmental disaster of the 1880s and 1890s was? I'm sure you know. Um, uh, of the, the, is, this, is this back to Wales? No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's another form of life. It's uh, the, the horse manure uh, disaster. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> the horse, the horse shit problem. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> what, what is this horse shit? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, no, no, you're right. The, the, I mean, New York was, was basically a horse manure and, and, and urine, uh, and, and carcass. Nightmare. It was, it was terrible. People brought their motive power. <laughs> I mean, basically, New York, it's New York not like shit. <laughs> if you think, if you think, if you think New York subways are stinky right now, wait, I mean, try, <laughs> when it's just horse everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah, people, everywhere. People, just, people moved from, <laughs> people moved into downtown New York, Detroit, Chicago. They brought their motive power with them. And, and the articles in the 1880s and 90s and into the 1900s, as you as you read this, the projection was disaster. It was going to be a disaster because horse horse manure was like growing. They had like special parking lots for horse shit at the corner of every street. <laughs> well, well I, it seems like there's also a challenge because I think like if a horse lives, um, you know, for on the order of 15 years. Um, that means one fifteenth of all horses are kicking the bucket every year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you just got, and so so if you if you got like uh, three hundred thousand horses, that means you got twenty thousand horses dropping dead every year. <laughs> and then you need a horse to move the horse, uh, the dead horse, <laughs> or just and this, or just cover it with horse manure and let it decompose. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's going to be like decomposing horse carcasses <laughs> throughout. Major cities, but um, but then and then and, and then like it's like well whose horse dead, <laughs> whose dead horse is this? And people are probably quick to claim a live horse, but, 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 but they're not rushing to claim a dead uh, horse. But then and then <laughs> innovation came along, and here comes the car, and solves the problem. And I think that's the problem that we keep on forgetting. We we forget that we are incredibly innovative at solving problems. That's what humans are amazing at. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Um, um, actually, on, on 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 the whale front, I don't know if you know. <laughs> Back to the whales. <laughs> it's a whale of a tail. <laughs> whale tails. Okay. Um, but the so a lot of people think that the um, the, the the low point on whale uh, population was was in the eighteen hundreds because. You know, whales were being hunted for for whale whale oil, lover yeah. and whale yeah. oil, yeah. Um, but but actually, the the low point uh, by far was in fact um, uh, in the mid twentieth century uh, because uh, <laughs> of a bureaucratic error <laughs> in the Soviet Union. Okay, <laughs> this I have to hear. <laughs> They, they, they kept, so they, they would always have these five-year plans and quotas uh, for for how for whale tonnage. Um, now, it didn't, they didn't actually have even a, a 
whether the whale tonnage was usable tonnage um, in, in any way. They just had a quota for whale tonnage. And what they would do in the Soviet Union, so they would just keep increasing the quota of everything every year, every five years. <laughs> so, the, the, <laughs> so the the whale tonnage just got higher and higher and higher. <laughs> and and if, if, if you... <laughs> If you're a captain and you and you and you had a high whale tonnage, you'd get a medal and a raise. And if your whale tonnage was low, you'd be sent to the gulag. You get you um, get what you incentivize, baby. <laughs> yes, incentives matter, and and so it, it got to it to it just got to absurd levels. Um, and you had uh, Soviet whaling ships like going into uh, you know U.S. and Australian waters to, to desperately trying to find whales, and, and and then they would they would catch the whale. Weigh the whale and then dump the cargo. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, there's, there's there's a whole internet rabbit hole that you can go down on this, and, and it, 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 which is basically a, a lesson in the, the the follies of central planning. So, th- and this is the problem of keeping laws on the books way way yeah. after they're useful to society. Uh, well, the, 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 we do actually have a fundamental uh, issue with the accumulation of laws and regulations. Because they are immortal, um, and humans are mortal, as we were just discussing, yeah. uh, you know, with life extension. Um, so, so naturally, every year you're going to have this accumulation of laws and regulations um, until eventually everything is illegal. I mean, you mean everything um, is illegal. Every, everything, everything is yeah. illegal. Yes, nothing, nothing is allowed because you're overlapping laws and regulations, and, and some of which are in fact uh, contradict each other. Um, <laughs> Whether you go left or right, they're both left and right are. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, my God, you, you know, um, it, it like SpaceX. Is, it, I mean, shame on the, the you know the, the the DOJ in this respect in this particular case where the DOJ, as you may know, uh, is suing SpaceX for um, hiring only permanent residents and and uh, um, citizens of the U.S. The, the reason. Um, that we did this was because we were told uh, very clearly that if we did not hire permanent residents uh, of the United States, that that would constitute a violation of international trade, traffic and arms regulations, ITAR, and the entire executive team of SpaceX and the board would go to prison. (laughs) Sounds like a good motivation. uh, Yes. And so we we were literally told this by the government in very clear terms. And and you're well aware of ITAR. I am well aware of it, yes. Yes, it's an, it's a nightmare, um, and we would like to which, hire which, which by the way, uh, puts us in a non-competitive world against uh, uh, other nations. Yes, it, it, it's 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 pretty bad. Yeah. So, um, but but then 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 the DOJ, um, you know, is, is suing t- uh, SpaceX um, for not hiring asylum seekers. Now, now, now important. Point here: Not asylum. Those who've been granted asylum. Those who are seeking asylum. There's a lot of those. There's a lot of people seeking asylum. Yes. So we're damned if we do, and damned if we don't. <laughs> so if we hire someone who's not a permanent resident, we're breaking the law. And if we don't hire someone who's not a permanent resident, we're breaking the law. Mm. So what, this is this is an example of the madness that we're facing. Um, buddy, I, I want to compliment you on something which, and I've seen, I've known you for long enough to have seen you gone through this, where you have bet everything 
over and over again. You've bet uh, your entire fortune got into debt to do the things that you believe in. And I, I have a question to ask you, which I've been dying to ask, and I'm going to start making this uh, this known. There are so many billionaires on the planet who have tens of billions and hundreds of billions of dollars who are effectively sitting on it and not changing the world, um, not putting it in, you know, other than for increasing its return, which is not a bad thing. I think the more wealth and free energy there is out there to do things. But um, can you speak to that? I don't know if you're willing to, but uh, there are a few people like Mark Benioff and, uh, uh, and Eric Schmidt and yourself, yourself top of the list who invest on making the world a better place, solving global grand challenges. Um, thoughts on that? Too. Sorry, I just have some some kids and stuff around. No problem. Um, sort of family noises in the background. Um, so so uh, let's see. Um, yeah. Um, well, yeah. I, I mean, I do think that uh, smart people with resources should care about the, the good of civilization, the future of civilization, um, even if there is not, even if they're not particularly altruistic, um, because uh, you can't really, cannot, you cannot exist um, in absent civilization. Um, you, you know, if, if civilization collapses, it's all over. Um, you know, there's like people who've got like these sort of, um, bunkers and <laughs> you know, other countries or yeah. Hawaii or whatever. Um, and I'm like, listen, do you really think that you, you're going to make it in, in an apocalyptic situation? Um, like they'll, 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 they'll come and find you in that bunker and they'll pry, they'll pry you out and get your stuff. Um, and, 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 and it's, it's going to suck anyway. So really, uh, Smart people with resources, any smart person with resources, they just have some long-term perspective. I mean, listen, it's you, it's uh, you sure. and it's you and and Jeff Bezos right now who've got the biggest long-term perspective. And I see, I uh, you know, uh, I'm just curious about how do you incentivize other people to really um, help the world accelerate, uh, you know, uh, and and make the world a more productive place, right? The best way to become a billionaire is to help a billion people. The world's biggest problems, the world's biggest business opportunities. Uh, Do you believe that? Well, I guess maybe we should just talk to people more. Um, I guess just talking to them and, you know, I think perhaps just raising conscious awareness, the fact that, um, that there is no living without civilization. Um, one, one, you, you, like, you, one doesn't actually have to make an altruistic argument. You can actually, you know, make a, even if it's a purely self-seeking argument, uh, say, like, but life would be miserable without civilization. And if you want to know what life is like without civilization, just go try living in the forest naked for a day, and you will be naked and afraid and, and quickly realize... Civilization is awesome. 
Ähm, <lacht> 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 you have to eat bugs and, and get eaten by bugs. Yeah. And, and, <lacht> so, and it's, we're so interdependent yeah. upon each other to enable the state of technology and capability we have today. Um, you know, I'm curious, is there anything that you think um, that isn't becoming more abundant out there or anything that we have an abundance uh, constraint on? You know, I'll just mention, well, answer that first. Then I don't want to come and talk about the carbon uh, removal XPRIZE that you funded one second. You know, we're, we're creating abundance of food, energy, water, healthcare, education. Um, are we constrained in any way? No, not really. No. Um, I mean, no, I, I think I, I agree with you that the future most likely has abundance. Um, but we, we shouldn't be complacent about the future. Um, you know, com complacency and entitlement are not a recipe for success. But the most likely outcome is one of abundance of goods and services. Um, that is certainly where we're headed. Uh, uh, Yeah. yeah, when I when I saw you last, yeah, mighty likely where we're at it. Very likely, yeah. When I, when I saw you last, you said you know definitely abundance after AGI, and I saw uh, you know when you were talking about uh, Optimus, which is awesome, by the way. Let's just start with that. Congratulations. Um, uh, well, thanks. I mean, Optimus. I need to make sure the Optimus is you know doesn't cause it doesn't add to civilizational risk. Um, You know, because you, you don't want like a billion of these things, all with centralized control. Um, <laughs> unless, unless, I mean, unless, what could go wrong? Unless, Has anyone made a movie about that? <laughs> unless they obey you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think they should obey any any one person. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, like I think you have to have lo local control. But. Um, It has to be decentralized um, because any central uh, control is going to be problematic because um, you, you just can't be sh like it could be a rogue AI takes. I mean, let's literally a movie uh, a rogue AI, you know, Terminator uh, takes over somehow gains control of um, the mothership of that controls all the, you know, the Optimus robots or something like that. Um, that is. Uh, You, you, basically, it needs to be it needs to be impossible for that to occur. Um, Let me ask you. I always love combining your companies because it's like you know, a, a, you know, it's like uh, uh, a Reese's peanut butter cup. Um, you know, Starlink and 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 uh, and, uh, and Starship together. How about Optimus and Neuralink? When can I plug into an Optimus with my Neuralink connection? Um, well, hopefully the first Neuralinks will, the f first Neuralink um, in a human will ho hopefully be soon, within the next, maybe this month or, or next. Um, now, it, it, this is really just, at, at first, just sure. trying to give, um, you know, quadriplegic, quadriplegics and tetraplegics um, the ability to control their phone and computer. It's, it's basically like... The first, the first product is tel telepathy, essentially, Tele um, um, or telekinesis, um, and uh, and then the second product, uh, 
sort of tentatively called uh, blind sight, where uh, we can rest- restore sight even if somebody is uh, has uh, lost both eyes and their optic nerves. Amazing. Um, Go straight to the visual so, cortex. So, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, um, I mean, now th- these things all w- already work uh, in monkeys. Um, and uh, I just like to reemphasize: uh, no, no monkey has, has ever died because of a neural link, um, and we, 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 we treat our monkeys extremely well. <laughs> last time, I, last time I spoke uh, to you about this, you were playing, uh, you were playing pong against pager, I think. That's uh, right. Um, actually, it turns out monkeys love playing video games. <laughs> um, they, they're, they're really just like us. I mean, they, they, they love uh, eating, eating snacks and playing video games. I'll tell my twelve-year-old boys about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you see the video of Pedro playing, you know, um, my, monkey mind pong, you know, just a telepathic, playing pong telepathically. He's not restrained in any way. He's just sitting on, on the, the sort of tree branch. Drinking smoothies. And <laughs> drinking smoothies, drinking a smoothie and playing pong. Yeah. He's not held down, you know. Um, in fact, he's, he gets upset when we take his video game away, just like, <laughs> just like humans. Yeah, just like our kids. That's uh, yeah. awesome. And, and this, I mean, giving sight to the blind, I mean, it's biblical stuff. And, and this is, again, coming back to the original, uh, you know, kicking off the new year with a positive mindset, with an abundance mindset, with an exponential mindset, with a moonshot mindset, right? Which I, And I think... And I hope you agree. Like I think for entrepreneurs and people listening, like the single most important thing we have is our mindset, how we see the world. I mean, would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you can choose to be, I mean, happiness is, I think is a decision. Hmm. Um, I mean, it largely, it, it, I mean, there's there obviously people that have chemical imbalances, but hmm. uh, it, for most people, it, the difference between being happy and unhappy is deciding to be happy. Over the years, I've experimented with many intermittent fasting programs. Uh, the truth is, I've given up on intermittent fasting as I've seen no real benefit when it comes to longevity. But this changed when I discovered something called Prolon's five-day fasting nutrition program. It harnesses the process of autophagy. This is a cellular recycling process that revitalizes your body at a molecular level. And just one cycle, of the five-day Prolon fasting nutrition program can support healthy aging, fat-focused weight loss, improved energy levels, and more. It's a painless process, and I've been doing it twice a year for the last year. You can get a 15% off on your order when you go to my special URL. Go to prolonlife.com, P-R-O-L-O-N-L-I-F-E.com, backslash moonshot. Get started on your longevity journey with Prolon today. Now back to the episode. I want to take a second for everybody listening uh, uh, to point something out. Uh, you know, Elon, it was uh, 2021. Uh, I was texting with you and uh, I said you should fund an, another XPRIZE. You funded an XPRIZE years ago on teaching kids in the middle of Tanzania, reading, writing, and arithmetic without any adults, no schools around, just on a tablet they were handed and the software had to teach them. And it was an amazing success. And then in 21, um, I asked you if you'd do an X prize on carbon removal. And uh, you said yes almost instantly. Um, and we launched it three months later. It was like the fastest yes to an X prize launch ever. 
Um, so thank you for that. I want to give you a quick update on it, if I could. Uh, you're welcome. Um, absolutely. Well, um, I hope the, the education X Prize and the, the carbon removal X Prize are resulting you know, good outcomes. They, I'm sure we had 6,000 teams enter the carbon removal prize. Um, we have uh, 1,300 active teams in the competition right now as we down-select. Uh, uh, about 36%, 460, are focused on carbon air uh, capture. Uh, 430 are land-related capture. 240 are ocean-related capture. Um, and the we've given away 20 million of your money already, 5 million to students and 15 million to the, a million to the top 15 teams. And the finals are coming up in two years in uh, Earth Day of 2025. And uh, interestingly enough, you know, the winning team needs to demonstrate uh, uh, megaton level capture that can scale to gigaton level capture. And so just the final competition is going to capture four megatons uh, of carbon, which is twice what's being done on an annual basis today. So uh, good progress so far. Great. That's, that's good to hear. Um, well, as we, as, we, uh, uh, as we begin to wrap up, what other thoughts for people on abundance? What other mindset thoughts do you have for folks here? Is Um, hmm. Well, I, I, I do think that uh, the birth rate is too low for humans, as I, I'm always going on about that. Um, just uh, Longevity, baby. You know, I'm solving it with longevity. I'm going to keep people alive longer. Okay, well... And robots and AI. Sure. Um, but... Uh, I mean, it just uh, the the current situation is is, is grim. Dramatic. It's grim. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of countries are, um, you know, if you look at say say Korea, and Italy, uh, yeah, yeah, they're they're losing roughly half their population per generation. Yeah, um, that means three generations they're one tenth of their current size, and 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 with the, the one tenth that remains um, being very old. Yeah, the uh, the numbers for folks, the replacement number is two point one children per family on average, and um, Europe is at one point five. Um, Asia uh, dropped from five point seven in the nineteen fifties to one point nine today, which is crazy. Uh, North America dropped from about three to one point six. We're below the replacement level in the United States, um, and it's an, it is an issue. I mean, we we need smart people <laughs> on the planet. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, if we don't make new humans, we won't have humanity. Um, and, and even with longevity, uh, we'll live longer, but we're not live forever. Uh, so, I think we just need. It's it's. You know, I'm concerned that like a lot of people think that the planet is overpopulated, and that's one of the things contributing to a low birth rate. Um, in fact, some people I've encountered think they're basically um, being martyrs for not having kids, and that's just—it's just not true. Um, I think we should uh, take the position that we, we we actually have a civic responsibility to have kids to at least keep uh, the human population constant. Um, ideally, we should grow it, but we should at least not have population collapse, which is what we currently have. Um, I, I think people, uh, p 
people fear the future. And I mean, the conversations I've heard is I don't want to bring children into this world. It's too dangerous. AI is going to destroy humanity, uh, the environment, you know, we're destroying the environment and so forth. So I, I think part of it is getting people to be optimistic about the future uh, versus pessimistic, which is one of, as you said, in the beginning of this, of this space is one of my one of my missions. If people think the world is getting better and they have a hand in making it a better place, uh, you most definitely do. Um, yeah, I, I think people should be optimistic about the future. Um, they so, the Earth can handle far more humans than currently exist. Um, and uh, the danger is not a population explosion, but population collapse. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would just encourage as many people as possible to uh, have kids and ideally have a lot of kids because they're going to make up for those who, <laughs> whatever reason, don't buy an extra bottle uh, of wine tonight, folks. <laughs> yeah, it's a big deal. Um, so, uh, would you, would yeah. you, uh, let's, let's close out on the conversation of AI and AGI, which I know a lot of people are always interested in. And, and, and there's a real fear, um, about AI, um, what would you say to dissuade people? I mean, it's you, you've, you've, I've heard you say 80% probability we make it through and we need to protect the downside. Um, can you speak to that? What, how, do, how can people walk away more optimistic than pessimistic on, on this front? And how do you, how do you think about, you know, is, is it containment? Is it shaping how we train our AI systems? How do you think we navigate uh, super digital superintelligence? Well, the the, the rate at which AI is growing is it really boggles the mind. Yeah. Um, so it, it currently seems as though the amount of compute dedicated to artificial intelligence is um, increasing by a factor of ten, roughly every six months. Um, it's it's fa- faster than annual, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, I've I recently heard today about a gigawatt class uh, AI uh, compute cluster. Wow. Um, that's I think it's being being built in Kuwait or something to that effect, um, and it's a uh, like seven hundred thousand V one hundreds. Uh, which, which is a couple generations above, two generations beyond the, the age 100 that's currently in, in, in production. Yep. So this is a, a staggering amount of compute. Um, and, and there are many such such things. Uh, that's just the biggest one I've heard of so far. But there are there's a 500 megawatt installation happening. Um, there's, and there's, there's, there's multiple 100, 100 megawatt installations um, in the works. I, I don't, it's not even clear to me what, what you do with that much um, compute. Because um, when you when you actually add up all human data ever created, uh, you really just run out of things to train on very quite quickly. Um, like you you know if you've got maybe I don't know twenty or thirty thousand H one hundreds, you can train on synthetic data almost every yeah yeah you, basically you have to have have, to have synthetic data um, because. For certainly well under 100,000 H100s, you can train on all human data ever created, including video. Uh, um, and it's not so, and it's not just the 
compute, which is the major scarce resource, but it's also the number of uh, entrepreneurs focusing in this area, the amount of capital that's going into this area, uh, the amount of data available. I mean, it's all increasing and it's all feeding on itself. And it's, so it's just you know, hitting your point about the speed at which it's progressing is, is the, I think the word awesome is, is, uh, comes to mind or staggering. Yeah, it's, it's really staggering. And, and for sure, um, so, so I'm just trying to give a sense of scale. It's, I've never seen anything move this fast any, of any technology. This is the fastest moving thing. So um, in, in terms of aiming for AI safety, my, my best guess of my sort of primitive biological neural mm-hmm. net is, is that we should uh, aim for maximum truth seeking mm-hmm. and, and curiosity. Um, that that's 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 my gut feel for this for how to make AI as safe as possible. If the the danger with programming morality and explicit it, it, with an explicit morality program is what is sometimes referred to as the Waluigi problem. If you create Luigi, you automatically create Waluigi mm-hmm. by inverting Luigi. Sure. Um, so, um, so I think we have, we have to be careful about programming and. You know, sort of uh, an arbitrary morality, um, but but if if we focus on maximizing truth with acknowledged error, that's that's probably I think that's the the way to maximize safety, um, and and also to have the AI be curious, because um, I think that you know Earth is much more interesting to an advanced AI with humans on it than without humans. Uh, I have a um, I agree with you. Uh, now, an interesting question of, do you think vast intelligence, with vast intelligence comes uh, significant empathy and respect for life? Yeah, I think so. Because that's the, that's the hope um, at the end of the rainbow here. That uh, I don't want to use the word AGI. I'll use a, super di- a, a digital superintelligence as a, as a term. Uh, with a digital superintelligence that is able to be more benevolent and support us, because sometimes I'm not sure us squishy meat sacks can make it <laughs> through our own our own uh, horseshit problems that we put together. Um, so maybe there's a value there. Um, my, you know, I think on the whole. AI is the single most important technology we ever invented, and it is going to uplift all of humanity. I think it's what you said, you know, after post-AGI comes abundance. Uh, I think it's the interim issues in the next one to four years, right? It's, it's not artificial intelligence, it's human stupidity. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, one way that AI could go wrong is if the extinctionist philosophy is programmed into the AI, mm. whether, whether implicitly or explicitly. I mean, probably not explicitly, but there's a strong danger of it, of an implicit extinctionist philosophy being programmed into AI. Um, you know, and, and... What would that look like? like? What would that look like? Well, like, there's this guy on the front page of the New York Times, um, I think about a year ago, um, he's head of the Extinctionist Society, and he was literally quoted as, there are 8 billion people on, on Earth, it would be better if there were none. 
Um, oh my god! <laughs> and, yeah. Um, so, uh, and if you if you take the extreme environmentalist argument, especially the, like the implicit extreme environmentalist argument, um, they, they they there's an implicit implicit conclusion that humans are a plague on the surface of the earth. Um, so, we, we, I think we have to be quite careful about um, an an implicit. Like, like if the extinctionist movement was somehow programmed into AI as, as the optimization, mm. that would be obviously extremely dangerous. Yeah, you know, to say the least. Um, yeah. <laughs> and but you know, there's, there's, there are people, quite a few people actually, who, who view humanity um, as as a blight on the surface of the earth. Yeah, and we're. We are coming down to there is the you know accelerationist movement and decelerationist movement the boomers and the doomers, um, but I think people forget to realize or don't realize and forget the fact that you know uh, we romanticize the past and the past life was short, brutish, and you were dead by forty. Um, you know the life that we enjoy today is a result of the extraordinary technology that we brought to bear. Um, yeah. So the like, you know, Hobbes, life is nasty, brutish, and short. Yeah. Um, I I actually I had a little Yorkshire Terrier once, um, who was uh, nasty, brutish, and short, <laughs> and, and kept kept biting people. So I called him Hobbes. Um, <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and I, I would tell friends that, that that came over, watch out for the dog. <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and they'd look at this miniature Yorkshire Terrier and, and laugh, and then they would then bite them on the ankle. <laughs> and I said, "Watch out!" I said, "Watch out for the dog." <laughs> uh, you know that extinctionist meme is the same sort of you know you discount it uh, until it starts um, uh, being a mind virus, uh, in part as you've called it, and it starts disrupting us. Yeah. Um, if you convince people that you know we're running out of resources on Earth, that there are too many people in the world, and the only way to survive is to have far fewer people, which a, a lot of people are believed to be the case. And like I said, if that if that somehow gets programmed into AI, and that AI becomes the most powerful AI, then we're in deep trouble. Uh. Yeah, we need a counterforce to the population bomb. I mean, what an extraordinary uh, disservice to humanity. Um, yeah, Alex's book was terrible, nightmare. Uh, Maybe the most anti- anti-human book ever written. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, the, but give people hope on the flip side here. Uh, those who are saying, again, going back to, I don't want to bring up my children, because I hear this all the time, and I'm sure you do too, in an age where AI is going to destroy us. So um, short-term problems, long-term problems, short-term solutions, long-term solutions. You said make it curious, make it uh, maximum truth-seeking, 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, I, is it okay to say that we're going to have issues in the short term and we're going to have to deal with them? Or do you think... There won't be... There, there, will, be, there will be some issues. Um, I mean, essentially, at this point, no way to stop AI. It, it's, it is accelerating whether people like it or not. Um, 
I mean, that's that's uh, that's why, together with a number of really smart people, we created uh, XAI. Sure. Um, and um, you know, ho- hopefully, uh, you know, some really small humans will c- continue to join XAI and and, and build uh, what is intended to be a, a maximally truth-seeking and maximally curious um, AI. Um, Anyway, I think that's that's really important. Um, so, Elon, listen. On behalf of of those of us, and I think everybody here listening, who are pro humanity and pro uplifting humanity, um, and making us a multiplanetary species and uh, living a longer, healthier life. And I, I, the one place I disagreed with you on on uh, on X is on. Uh, you know, having people live longer. Uh, you don't. People don't need to die for there to be new ideas. You know that the CEO of Ford and GM didn't have to die for Tesla to come into existence. So uh, <laughs> uh, we're uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm. I want to just say thank you for all that you're doing and and setting a model for other <clears throat> other in, industrialists and entrepreneurs out there. Uh, to take on uh, and solve big, big huge problems. Well, th- uh, thank you. Um, I, I would encourage people to be optimistic about the future. Um, like, err on the side of optimism. Um, you, you will be happier for it. Um, and and as you pointed out, probably live longer. <laughs> so, and I'm not I'm not totally against life extension. I I think we did we, you know, um, we, we want to be. I'm not, I don't think we want to necessarily have people live forever. That's or live for a very long, like thousands of years. That I think that would potentially lead to ossification of society. It would. It would. It would. I think lead to ossification sure. of society. Um, but but I mean, solving d- dementia and um, you know curing cancer, I think, are good things. Obviously. Um, so so I'm not sure we're actually that far apart on the life extension thing. Um, I think we're probably mostly in agreement. Um, I think, I, yeah, we just don't want to have like you know, can you live for a like? Do you want Kim Jong Un living for a thousand years? No, but I, I'd, like, I'd, I'd like I'd like Elon Musk and Peter Diamandis living for 150 years, and a few other thousand yeah. amazing entrepreneurs out there. Sure. Um, so it's it's uh, you know there there is a a challenge that. Like a lot of people, they really never change their mind. They just die. And this this is actually, I'm not sure who originally said this, but even in physics, yes. <laughs> where, which is ex- extremely r- rigorous, um, that, the, the, you know, that, that, you know, physics in a lot of cases has advanced one death at a time. Yeah, my my friend Brian Keating, who's a uh, astrophysicist, reminded me of that, and and maybe it was true. But in this world of entrepreneurship, I think we do live in a meritocracy uh, to a large degree. And the best ideas can bubble up to the top um, uh, faster than ever before, especially with, with AI now where you can build companies, you know, extraordinary companies with a, a couple of people and a lot of tech. So, yeah. Um, I, I have one last question and then uh, – uh, it's, I know it's dinner time there. Uh, uh, the future of X, XAI. Um, what's your vision there, pal? 
Well, as I was saying, I think the, the path to AI safety is to build an AI that is maximally truth-seeking with acknowledged error, that is maximally curious. And I think um, that I think that, that that is most likely to lead to a good outcome for humanity um, because we are, we are much more interesting than... Than, than not humanity, mm. like like I, obviously you know I'm a big fan of Mars, but Mars is much less interesting because there is no human civilization there. Um, and um, if you take humans for example, we 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 could hunt down all of the chimpanzees and kill them, but we don't. And in fact, we make efforts to preserve their habitats. Um, we would so. Anyway, I think that that's, that is the path to a great future and, and a, a maximally positive AI is to be rigorously truth-seeking, always acknowledging some amount of error, and, and maximally curious. Um, that's, and that's, that's the, the goal of XAI's, uh, and, you know, the company motto is understand the universe uh, um, and that's a it's a it's a good mission and, and one that's going to take a bit of time i can't wait till the first uh ai is able to come up with new theories of physics um and uh yeah. new innovations that's going to be i mean i don't think that's far away and i think that's going to be one of the most awesome times ever to be alive true uh, like we we definitely live in the most interesting times and I actually for a while I was kind of depressed about AI but then I I kind of got fatalistic about it and said like well even if even if AI was gonna you know end all, all humanity would I prefer to be around to see it or not I, I guess I would prefer to be around to see it um, just out of curiosity but I mean, obviously, hopefully, AI is extremely beneficial to humanity. But, but the thing that sort of reconciled me to be less anxious about it was to say, well, I, I guess even if it was apocalyptic, I'd still be curious to see the. It's like do you, you know, I'll be, be curious to see it. I, I remember I was at your birthday party at one of your homes here in LA before you sold them, uh, and Larry Page was there and Sergey was there, oh, yeah. and we were having a conversation about living in a simulation. And the notion was, this is, we're in the 99th level of the gameplay, and this has got to be a simulation because you couldn't, why would, be, why would it be alive right now in this single most interesting time? And then uh, the only comment was, don't poke the simulation or it'll, <laughs> it'll end. Yeah. yeah. Well, <clears throat> if we are in a simulation, the, the the way to keep the simulation going is to keep being interesting. So, like humans run lots of computer simulations because we we, we don't know what the outcome is going to be, and we're we're curious to see. We we'll run lots of simulations, like in like Tesla will run crash simulations, and SpaceX will run, you know, uh, rocket flight simulations, and um, we only stop doing the simulations when the when the outcome is extremely predictable and boring. Yes. So if, if if we're in some 
<laughs> alien that's a, that's a great argument. That is perfect. Right. When yeah. it's absolutely known. If we're not entertaining enough to the, uh, to the digital gods or the uh, universe gods, they'll end the sim. Yeah. We just need to make sure we have the, keep the ratings up. <laughs> um, yeah. but, but this is why, also why I think like one of the um, ways to predict the future is that the most entertaining outcome is the most likely as seen by a third party. As seen by as though we were in an alien soap opera. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, like, like so, it's not necessarily good for those in the soap opera. Like you could be watching a World War One movie <laughs> and seeing, you know, people get blown up, yeah. um, and and you're just eating popcorn and drinking a soda. Um, but we're, we're we're in the movie. Um, yeah. Well, let's not get let's so, not get dystopian yeah. here because I think we can have a we can have a we can have a really positive outcome of a lot of other cool stuff. Um, yeah, for sure. I think the most likely outcome is positive. And and I think if you, you know, and I think that's partly a self fulfilling prophecy. If you don't believe so, if you believe it's going to be a dystopian outcome, then you're going to be back on your heels, protecting yourself, not investing in the future. And it unravels, and this, yeah. and and so you know, I think the the message of this entire space is is this is the most extraordinary time to be alive, the most exciting time to be alive, a time where you know a lot a lot of individuals listening on the spaces has more power than kings or queens or heads of nations had just a few decades ago, and it doesn't take a government or a large corporation to solve a problem anymore. You know, an entrepreneur with you know some a, a few H one hundreds can do a good job. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think we should err on the side of optimism. Um, we should we should err on the side of optimism, and we should have kids. Um, <laughs> like uh, you know, to 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 err is human, <laughs> and to H E I R, <laughs> and to reproduce is human. <laughs> all right buddy listen thank you so much for your time thanks for sharing you're welcome all right thanks peter bye. take care buddy bye